Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm your morning, and my course as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal take on Bournemouth at the Emirates. You know, I think Bournemouth are second last prior to kickoff. And, you know, I thought this was going to be a simple, relaxing game coming in, thinking to myself, you know, we've had a bit of stressful games. Um, coming off the Everton result, you know, 4 0 victors. And I thought, you know what? Let's carry on. And I mean, look, this game was also falling on your your big wedding day as the game was unfolding and your you and your your wife were you know exchanging your vows. So yes, on paper it looked like a total mismatch. Um also I mean a, a game where technically we could, you know, make especially like rotational, you know, changes here, but I mean we didn't go that overboard. Um Arteta, Arteta made like uh, three changes for this match. Tomiyasu Vieira party coming in, and then Ben White, Jorginho, and Jaka dropped to the bench. Uh, and Kekia then also was now one of the casualties on the on the list. And then Trossard was now set to continue as the false nine. Yeah, no, I, I think the changes or something, you know, we were asking for, you know, just yeah. a change here, a change there, just to kind of give certain players a rest and, you know, give others an opportunity just to find their feet back in the side again. Yeah, so the game kicks off uh, first minute and with Bournemouth strangely overloading the Arsenal right flank. Uh, something did look a bit suspicious, like, you know, watching it unfold. And then as you now start watching this whole thing, now start playing out, when Bournemouth kick off, they sling the ball immediately to the Arsenal left flank, which is like, of course, leaving Arsenal totally short. Uh, Arsenal also like, kind of also fell for the ploy. Um, then Otara, the, the winger, he ends up getting the ball. It's a fast, low cross into the Arsenal box. And then, I mean, Arsenal failed to clear the ball, I think, twice through Gabriel and Saliba. And, I mean, Belling ends up uh, coming from just a, b- a bit off uh, Saliba because I don't think Saliba really saw him or picked him up in his peripherals. And Belling ends up stabbing the ball home, born within the lead after just nine seconds. Uh, I think, you know, you, you told me that, that we were caught cold, but if you look at that goal, like, we were totally caught cold. Like, we were... A bit complacent, maybe a bit of cockiness. I'm not saying we were like, you know, thought it's going to be a walkover, but the fact that you weren't switched on from the first whistle kind of, you know, was scary to see. And, you know, once again, conceding at the Emirates Stadium, you know, we're a place where we've struggled to kind of keep a clean sheet. You know, Aiden, I'm not being straight up with you, no? Uh, I mean, not to our listeners as well. You know, I was always kind of underplaying it. I mean, you were raising your concerns a while ago already. I mean, I can vouch for that. You've been telling me like a while back already, like, look, yes, we won, and okay, but we're still like, you know, shipping the goals. And I would always like kind of, almost like underplay it. But I mean, you, you it's, I mean, now your, your point is like almost like sticking out like a sore thumb to me. I mean, I can't almost like kind of hide it or shade it anymore because I mean, you can see we are you know, kind of lacking that, that sort of concentration levels when you must be really on point. And and it's, it's almost like Arsenal have to exert the energy each and every game, you know, like like if you look at the Everton game, we, we need to put more games like that, especially at, when you're playing at, at, at home. You know, you kind of kill the game within mm-hmm. the first 20 to 30 minutes, something that Man City also does, especially in a title race. You, know, you can't be chasing games all the time and having to exert yourself each and every game you play because you're going to fall short somewhere. 
And remember earlier in the season when, um, I don't know which pundit it was, but they were saying about Tottenham constantly. So they said, your luck is going to eventually run out. Because like every time I think Tottenham were conceding, I think two every first, like, I don't know how many consecutive first half matches. They were conceding two at a time. So it's almost like every time they have to, like, you know, pull it back, pull it back. And then it's like getting a point out of it. And I think only once out of, like, say, a span of seven or, or nine games, they actually did manage to, you know, make it like a 3-2 game. But again, it was almost like what you know just said. We you keep on, you know, almost like having to overexert yourself to uh, get, not only get yourself in the game, but then also try to search for that, that three points eventually. Yeah, no, and you can only do it like you said for so long before your luck runs out. You know, and once again we find ourselves conceding at the Emirates, and you know, one 0 down against a Bournemouth side now. You know, who's who got what they came for now? They got their goal, and they're going to make things difficult from this point on. I mean, you know, nine seconds in. Yeah. Then third minute, Odegaard has a shot at goal. Uh, the former go- uh, Barca keeper, Neto, ends up pulling the, uh, palming the ball away, but the ball goes straight to Saka. And I mean, Saka's rebound shot, I mean, it was a fantastic drive, and I think it just hits um, Neto, I think, fully in the chest and diverts for a corner. Yeah, I know it could have been back on level terms very quickly, but, you know, still, still um, Arsenal's naivety cost them, and, you know, now chasing a game. Yeah. Then eighth minute Arsenal now, you know, starting to force the domination with Bournemouth now probably settled now with a four five one formation. Then twentieth minute, Bournemouth end up I mean, I think this was also expected to be Bournemouth now start catching Arsenal on the counter attack with Arsenal pushing so many players forward. Um Berlin ends up picking out Otara with a forty five degree pass. Ramsdale ends up racing out and almost like Kaisen smothers the whole opportunity. I mean I think that Otara manages to get the shot off but Ramsdale is so quick at his feet. I mean, it ends up shooting off Ramsdale and going out for throwing. But again, Arsenal, this is the sort of counters that Arsenal should be really weary of chasing the game. Yeah, I know. Especially it's almost like Arsenal when Kang Ho yeah, conceding yeah. the goal and, and, and you know, just you know, just take a step back and say, okay, it's still normal in the A's because it's like they were trying to push bodies forward all the time and they were making things very open against a Bournemouth side who were trying to just play for that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in that also, in that moment of that counter-attack, that was also the moment where uh, a minute later, we see Trossard, uh, you know, still on the deck, having to receive uh, treatment. And then, I mean, of course, then, like, Gustav picking up that, he's actually got a sort of growing strength from that, tracking back and, and almost like falling under also, sort of, like a sort of tackle. So, of course, he cannot continue. Emil Smith-Rowe ends up having to come on as a substitute in the 21st minute. What was your thoughts? Yep. I was a bit stressed out because Trossard had kind of become the guy that um, he, he's, he's been a creator, if not, you know, getting on the score sheet or almost playing that, you know, like we always say, that second assist or he's doing something to cause havoc and then we just lose him like that. You know, so early on in the game, it was, for me, I started to think, ah, you know, we lost a bit of a little talisman in the team, a little position. And, you know, I just thought, you know, this is going to make things a bit more more comfortable for Bournemouth. In the 34th minute, there was a VAR check for handball, but I mean, for me, it was also not now, you know, team the penalty. Um, it was risky from Mepin, but I also thought it was, like, you know, very unlucky because I think the ball ends up getting booted up in the air and by the time it lands, it lands on his upper arm. But So I think it would have been harsh to give that. Then 40th minute, a big chance again for Arsenal. Saka ends up 
cutting the ball back for Emil Smith-Rowe, who ends up shaping to shoot. But also like that, that split second of, you know, him now still being a bit raw from that, coming back from, from his long-term injury. Uh, Mepham ends up getting, you know, ahead of him and, and nipping the ball away and clearing it. So, I mean, very close for Smith-Rowe. But, I mean, you can still see, like, that sharp, sharpness that I think you mentioned a while back also already. Yeah, and I think he was just thrown into the deep end, you know. I mean, you should be phased in, into into these type of things, you know. Not not coming in on 22nd minute, chasing a game. Just like, he didn't have time to find his stride or rhythm. Then, uh, 43rd minute, the Cherries ends up catching Arsenal again with a quick counter-attack. This time, Billing sends Solanke through on goal. And the striker, I think only for the, the, the cause of him having a bad uh, ball control, first touch... He ends up missing and he's crossing. I mean, it ends up going for a goal kick. Um, you know, for for me, this first half, Arsenal were very lucky to still be one all down. I mean, they could have seen uh, better quality side, better quality attackers, and they could have seen themselves 3 0 down probably in the first half. Then, 45th minute, as we're approaching half time, VAR review another uh, penalty appeal for Arsenal. This time after Tomiyasu got his heel clipped by Senezi, uh, nothing given. But, I mean, if I can also uh, let listeners also understand, that was almost like the exact same moment that, that if you think of the Liverpool or the Arsenal-Liverpool game earlier in the season where Gabriel ends up getting clipped by Thiago, like clipped on his heel yeah. as he approached the ball and, and it was given a straight uh, pin. But, I mean, even though I didn't think Arsenal made that big fuss of it, but when you look at it again, it was a valid the call for VAR and, and also for a valid penalty. Yeah, I know VAR and Arsenal have never ever seen eye to eye. So, <laughs> you know, we we go we go one all down into the half, and and uh, I just remember also, you know, feeling stressed out, thinking, is Arsenal really going to do this? You know, on, on, on my wedding day. Yeah. So second half, Arsenal make immediate change. Ben White coming on for Tommy Asu. Uh, you know, big second half needed by us. Then 56 minute Bournemouth have a free kick. Uh, they end up, you know, swinging the ball deep into the box. Gabriel manages to just deflect the ball wide. But I mean, again, we're looking weird from uh, weak from set pieces. Then the minute set after that, a minute later, from the ensuing corners, and scene ends up losing his marker, Tom's party, and bullet headers the ball pass. Ramsel 2 0 Bournemouth. Terrible defending again, totally lost for words. Um. Just before I go back, was the Ben White um, substitution purely based on a tactical or, or was Tommy Astro something like, you know, legal or was it just... No, it was, it was actually tactical because Tommy Astro did not look... It's almost like that, that, that feeling we had also when we watched the Man United, or the Arsenal Man United game when Ben White just didn't look at the races. Now, Tommy Astro looked like that in this game. Yeah, but they are 2-0, like you said, you know, and uh, I felt... You know, that's, that's it. You know, during the 57th minute, you're down 2-0 at home and, you know, silly defending and you just think to yourself, is there a way back in this game, you know? Can we find a, a way back? Yeah, and I mean, for me, you know, like going two down, my thoughts immediately went, we need a goal now between 60 minutes and 70 minutes. We need a goal. Either from somewhere, like to even have some sort of chance of a sort of fight back. And I mean, 61st minute, Arsenal by now cracking up the pressure. Saka ends up driving a right foot shot, uh, not shot across into the box. Jack Stevens ends up deflecting the ball, trying to make a clearance, but he ends up kicking the ball against his own post and then over. 
No, oh, actually, always own goal. Actually, um, the 62nd minute from the from a deep corner, it's half cleared by uh, the defense of Bournemouth. The ball ends up loop um, coming to Smith Rowe, and he ends up sending a looping header back into the danger area. Bournemouth defense totally failed to see Thomas Partey still in, and he ends up smashing the ball into the back of the net on the half while he 2-1 game on. Yeah, I think Arsenal at that point, you know, the evidence was rocking the stadium, you know, like behind the guys, and I think Arsenal felt something, and I think, like you said, I'm sure in your head as well, you know, you felt, okay, you know, as I predicted, you needed that goal before the 70th minute. Yeah, then 65th minute, which was or something that was also expected, uh, the chair is, uh, chair is reverting to the long ball uh, counter-attacks. This time, uh, Rothwell ends up picking out Solanke with a root one ball. Ramsdale ends up pulling off a fantastic save. I mean, it uh, could have snuck in, but I mean, he ends up standing tall, makes a save. And I mean, still the dangers of a Bournemouth counter exist. So, I mean, something to also be wary of. Yeah, and... and uh... I think Arsenal need to be switched on, you know, in, in things like this. And Ramsdale, for me, was really instrumental in still keeping the scoreline at 2-1. Yeah. Then, 69 minute, Arsenal make uh, another change. Smith Rowe comes off. Reese Nelson enters the fray. But, I mean, I fully agree with Arteta with that because you could have also seen the minute we win, made it 2-1, you know, more fight was needed. And I think for somebody that has been so long out in Smith Rowe, I think it was going to take a hell of a lot out of him to, you know, expect him not to give a sort of lung-busting burst for the, like, you know, the last quarter of the match. So, they make the change, and I mean, within a minute, Xhaka ends up bullet-passing the ball to Nelson, who ends up bursting into the, the Bournemouth box on the left flank. He first time slings the ball into the box, and I mean, Ben White makes almost like a late run into the box, fires off, falling into the ground, but the goal-bound uh, shot ends up, you know, getting clawed away by Neto. But, I mean, the ref ends up making the decision, uh, a call out from his watch. A goal for Arsenal, 2-2, games level, stadium and crowd is on its feet. Uh, how did you feel at that point at 2-2? Do you think it was game on this opportunity to win? Or do you think, you know, 2-2 and you'll take the point? Mine was just get the ball out of the net or get the ball wherever it was and let's start again. Because you can see by that point, the defence of, I mean, look, you can sometimes hide certain things from opponents and that, but when you're watching a match like that on the uh, via TV and that, you can actually see where the teams are starting to suffer. And by by that time, the fullbacks from either side were already struggling because they were getting like overrun constantly because Saka and and Ben White kept on overloading that one side, and then you had on the other side you had Reese Nelson, uh, you know, bombing on the one side, and then Zinchenko, you know, constantly either going out wide or keep on drifting inside, so they were struggling and buckling, and you could see, especially with that, uh, the, like, what's it, 20 minutes still left on the clock then, they were almost, like, hanging on, because they were just pushing subs every opportunity when there was a thing, like a break and play, they were making a sub, they were making a sub, because they were either looking for that, that, that quick route one counters, or just solidifying that midfield and packing it, making it impossible for us to pass, but, I mean, by then, Arsenal's passing game was on point, because you could actually see certain players in the game was on the string out, like, you know, really overworked these players. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think Arteta's substitutions combined quite nicely to equalise. Then, uh, 73rd minute, uh, Saka ends up smashing a shot at goal. Stevens' upper arm ends up deflecting the ball back onto the post. Again, it gets reviewed. 
again, that could have been called because this, I mean, what I don't get of that guy, if you going to be at risk sometimes of giving away a, a sort of handball penalty, why is your hands always all over the place? Because, I mean, he was yeah. now just his elbow out at the ball to divert it. And I mean, that's how for me, that one actually felt a more clear cut. Because I think he was called about twice or thrice in that match for possible handballs. Uh, and that one actually looked the most clear cut for me because you can actually see he's half leaning into the ball and nudging it onto the post. But okay, the BAR, as you said, ain't our best friend. Then 74th minute, Martinelli uh, lacks that composure that we needed now as he's like sent free at, at the uh, Bournemouth goal, but he ends up kind of choking the shot and ends up just uh, dragging the ball over the bar. Yeah, look, I could not going to be one of those days. Yeah, then 85th minute, Arsenal now up in the tempo and the pressure. Bournemouth now just holding on. And then, I mean, by the time that the 19th minute is reached, the, the, the fourth official puts up the the board. And, I mean, it's, it's like six minutes of injury time uh, given. Even though I felt, I mean, the way Neto was wasting time, I thought it was going to be something close to 10 minutes. Yeah, they should really have taken a page out of the World Cup's book where they, you know, where teams get punished almost for, for wasting time where every second counts. And they probably were getting, you know, 10, 12, and 7 minutes extra. And, you know, it, it ended up fighting teams in the behind. It ended up wasting time. Yeah, then 94th minute Nelson gets a shot off. But it's almost like a straightforward shot straight into Neto's arms. Then 96th minute Zinchenko ends up forcing a last-minute corner. And I mean, I'm already like part of my, like my body is like, like I've lost all, my, all sort of sin, like, not sense, uh, tenseness, because I was just thinking, you know, this is kind of it. We've now, you know, thrown away points. I mean, like part of you is like thinking, look, we did now rescue something like a point in the game. Other part of my body is thinking, oh God, like, you know, with Man City winning and really making the, like, turning the heat up. So that came in and has already wiped. So it's yeah. not. You know, like a three-point gap then. But then, I mean, like with the last kick of the game, 97th minute, the Arsenal corner is in half cleared by uh, Bournemouth. The ball ends up going straight to uh, Nelson, who ends up controlling the ball with his right foot, tees up also slow with the right foot, and then just lets fly with a left foot half volley. The ball then whistles past the two Bournemouth defenders and past Neto and goal, and 3-2 to Arsenal goes absolute pandemonium at the end. It's big, big comeback. Yeah, pandemonium is the word because fans and players, coaching staff are, are like all celebrating. Even a kid was celebrating with that. I mean, I don't even blame him. What fan of Stereikis, but I mean, I think I could have felt myself also doing something similar. Um, you know, three two Arsenal big result, but you know it's not sustainable. I'll come back to this again. You know, not to be a dampener. You know, obviously good fighting spirit, but. You know, it, it's not sustainable conceding like this constantly. I think in a title race, yes, these results are important, but you know, it's almost like you have to suffocate some games sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Take a 2 0 lead, take a 3 0 lead, and just kill the game so that the players can move on to the next one. But it's like Arsenal are having to fight, you know, for each game that they're playing. I mean, barring um, Everton, it was like you have to fight almost till that 90th minute. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be fighting till the 90th minute, but you know, having to basically chase the game each and every time to score can have you know impact on the on the fatigue eventually. I mean, like I think the only thing that sometimes gets under my skin somewhat is like you watch this same roughly the same Bournemouth side 
when they played Man City, and I mean, yeah. you know, the wheels just came off from the like from the get go. They were just not in in the race, in at the race at all. And then you watch them when they play us. It's like they raise their football brand to a sort of level where you think, is this really the second last in the league? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's always been the case with Arsenal. I mean, over the years we used to always get the fact yeah. like. That. But yeah, but they did look quite hopeless against Man City. I mean, but then again, you know, Arsenal also, every time we talk about it, they allow a team to almost get comfortable and yeah. feel like, oh, yeah, we can take them on. Instead of, you know, just smashing them from the word go, and then the team has no other option but to like say, okay, you know what? We're just going to do damage limitation and move on to next week. Yeah. So uh, we move our attention now to the Europa League tie, Sporting Lisbon versus Arsenal. Um, Arsenal made six changes for the match. And I mean, to be honest, I wasn't really expecting much, um, you know, from the match because I was very much, you know, laser focused on our league form. Um, Turner, White, Jorginho, Xhaka, Nelson and Kivio all came to the side. Um, for me, the game felt very much, you know, like a K- KGFA because... Sporting, you know, being cautious or kind of overly cautious, while we look somewhat, you know, disjointed with so many changes. And I mean, we can see, um, you know, with, with regards to us, with, especially our players, you can actually see those players that were lacking minutes because there was no cohesion at times with the players. I mean, uh, that it also uh, we're still going to get to it, but like, okay, yes, we take the lead after 22 minutes with Saliba nodding the ball in, but I mean, uh, what was it like? About six or ten minutes later, uh, Inacio ends up making one-one, and I mean, turn and give your indecision is like the reason that lets in Inacio to glance the ball into an internet. Yeah, that is a free header. Just a quick question: Is Kieran Tierney did he pick up a knock prior to the game that he, you know, didn't feature in the squad? Um, there is a, like a kind of not COVID, but there is a virus going around at the club because Odegaard also failed to make the trip. Tierney um, was the other one that, that should have been playing in this game. So then that's why some of the others were also like a bit under the weather because I heard Vieira also suffered from it. Um, I'm not sure of Martinelli, but there were quite a few players that were playing the match but also feeling under the weather. And I think that's why also that sort of performance was also like added to everything as well. Yeah, no, we, we did seem very flat, you know. We seemed like we allowed, um, like you said, when we allowed sport to equalize at stadiums, he erupted and we allowed it to become a cauldron again. Yeah. Then, second half, uh, sporting, you know, taking more risks. Um, on 55 minutes, Paulinho makes a 2 1, Gonzalo shot, uh, like too hot for Turner to handle. We can only parry the ball straight to Paulinho, just as well, one of the easiest finishes, finishes of his uh, career so far. Uh, symbolic defending a bit by Arsenal because even allowing that, that. Shot him to get, you know, that, that um, you know, that, that uh, Gonzalez to get his shot off was already for me annoying because it was, it was like everybody in the defense was just ball watching instead of closing down. Same can be said for like the midfielders also, that could have also been shut down way sooner, but they allowed the player to get the shot off and you see the, the pun or the repercussions of it. Um, on 62 minutes, uh, it's strange, you know, it was like seemingly off against a runoff play. Um, Arsenal ended up making it 2-2 because Xhaka ends up trying to fire pass in Martinelli. And the sporting midfielder Morita ends up diverting the ball while trying to make an intercept. But I mean, he ends up just diverting the ball past his own goalkeeper, 2-2. Two, two. 
Yeah, I know. You know, this just seemed like one of those games for Arsenal, and you know, even though they weren't playing well, the fact that they made it like you know two two. I mean, I was I wouldn't say it, you know down their performance, but I mean it just shows that you know they just even things are going for you, things are going for you. Yeah, and I mean, like for me, like you know, till the end of the game. I mean, for me, the game just really petered out the last quarter because it was like in all in all, it was a scruffy game because. In the final third, we were either wasteful or, I don't know, wrong, a lot of the wrong decisions. But, you know, something that you mentioned also in the, back when we did the previous game of Bournemouth, our passing sometimes is slow. And I'm thinking, you, look, you cannot really pick up if a team is, you know, disliking when you slow, like, you know, knocking the ball about at a, at a faster tempo. And I think we could have hurt Sporting. I mean, it's probably going to play out like that next week. But I just think to myself, you know, knock the ball a bit faster around because I mean, look, I'm mean, gonna also lead this thing into uh, the next week's second leg. I mean, I think we could go even stronger this time around um, because I think we now after Fulham tomorrow, which we're now still gonna talk up, um, we then have two home games like against uh, Sporting and then Crystal Palace. But I mean, I just think like I think Odegaard's ingenuity could be a hell of a thing, impact next Thursday. Yeah, no, let's 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 just hope we can you know show them out. I mean, obviously eyes on the prize is the Premier League, but you know, the Europa League almost allows certain players, you know, to find the form again, give certain players their minutes. But Matt Turner, you know, I don't mean to be critical, but it just seems like, you know, he might not be the answer as a number two, or, or it could just be, I don't know, he needs more minutes or something like that. Because more minutes. Because just remember, we got knocked out early out of the League Cup. We got knocked out early out of the FA Cup. So he's not going to really get that much game time. And that is why I find it such a pity that not more was offered and more was shown. But this also leads me to another thing with, with, um, if, like with that game last night. I'm sure anybody that watched the match also last night, you could see Saka should not have been playing in this game because he looked... No. Burnt out and he's almost like given a full 90. Yes, I know that they also, yeah, that these guys get played, they're pros and whatever. But if you've been almost like the talisman all season for us, there comes a point also where you have to, you know, give that person just a little breather, even if he has to make a cameo, 10, 15 minute appearance and fine. But let him get the sort of risk. Because I mean, you could see Ben White was almost like dead on his legs there, like with about five or 10 minutes to go. And I mean, you don't want to push your team if you're already fighting on a major front with trying to protect this, this uh, five-point lead that you have in the Premier League uh, race. Uh, you want to also like, keep that sort of gap going and that form sort of going. But, I mean, that is the only thing that, 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 that I want to say flaw, but it's something that, that Arteta lacks in a way. Because also that, with that game when we beat Everton 4-0, why didn't he then make, give other people minutes to get minutes in their legs? Because now you don't like, see a game at 4-0, but, I mean, you still have almost like the majority of your, your being still kept intact. Yeah, no, and and you know even at three 0 you could have rested Saka, take Martinelli off, take you know party off, don't try party take Jaka off, but like you, you say, it's almost like he plays them until the ninety minutes, and then you know he, 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 surprisingly he throws Saka in, you know, and then Saka has to play again on on Sunday, which is a crunch game against Fulham. Yeah, you know Fulham on on that's not going to be an easy game, you know. Fulham, if you give Fulham a 2 0 lead, you know, that could be it. That's game to the match or a 1 0 lead. Fulham is a team that, you know, they pushed Man City all the way 
um, in the Premier League at the Etihad. So, you know, it's not going to be a game that Arsenal can just look at it and say, OK, give me three points. It's a game that, you know, you have to cut out your mistakes, be laser-focused from minute one, and and players need to be sharp. And I think this type of game that, you know, you 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 could have needed use a fresh striker or a fresh Ben White. You know, what was the reason Tomiyasu never started and you, and you forced Ben White to play in the game knowingly that you're playing on Sunday? Yeah, and I mean, for me, like, with us leading out into the Fulham Arsenal match uh, on Sunday, um, the Cottages have also, you know, been forming, performing well this season under Marco Silva. Um, I mean, he's steering already up to seventh in the table. Um, Fulham have also uh, have been more than a, a handful to some teams. And I mean, look, big wins over Brighton away, then home games that they beat Chelsea. Uh, and then also the opening day draw against Liverpool, which almost like, kind of set the marker for them. And I mean, with regards to their player ratings, Paulinia 7.3, Tete 7.3, William 7.1. The only thing is that of big benefit to Arsenal, I mean, the Cottages will be missing Paulinia for this game with through suspension after his red card last week. So that's a you know, big plus. Uh, the biggest danger for them is still going to be Mitrovic, I mean, with his aerial prowess. Um, I think that, uh, you know, honestly, I just hope the plan has been kinda, kind of worked out for that because... We've not looked really good at set pieces, you know, the last month or so. So, I mean, some work will be needed because, I mean, he, he's somebody that's always going to dominate whoever's going to mark him. No, and, and, and it seems that this Arsenal defence, Saliba and Gabriel, they struggled against defenders, I mean, not defenders, they struggled against attackers who have a bit of strength in them. You know, you saw Ireland give Gabriel a, a tough time and there's been other times as well where the, a strong centre-back has... Um, you know, given strong attack has given our centre backs in trouble, and you know, Fulham have just lost three of their last 13 Premier League home games this season, um, going down to Newcastle, United, and Tottenham. So, you know, it's not going to be an easy place to, to to go and get the points. But I do think Arsenal are going to need to win this game, and I think it's an important game because you know, City also have to go to Craven Cottage, and I feel that you know. Craven Cottage is a place that can either be extremely difficult to go to on the day and, you know, you can be lucky to walk away with a point or if you can get your, your business right and spot on, you know, you can, you can steal your three points because, I mean, United also even had to fight there till the last minute before coming away with a win. And I mean, also with regards to Arsenal team news, um, we're like, it's still question marks are going to be over Odegaard and Tierney if they've you know, managed to kick that uh, bug there. Um, then also, uh, Jesus is not going to be cl- probably close to getting even a, a slot on the bench. And then Ketia and Trossard will still now be big doubts. But from what I just heard now this morning, Trossard could only be back, I think, after the international break. But I mean, that's no operation needed and it's not, it's more down to a risk. Ah, it's a big loss is going into this Fulham game because. Yeah, it's it's not the easy one, and, and and we just keep on losing players, you know, week after week, and oh, I just hope we can pick these three points up. It's a crucial, I mean, crucial. I, I just hope Jesus can be some sort of part and factor in this game as well, like even yeah. him, like a you know fifteen or twenty minute cameo. Yeah, I know. I think we need to we need him actually because you know your forward line again is gonna have to. Kind of now, would you start up front because um, Martinelli and then you have, um, you know, Saka 
But that third person, you know, who is it going to be? I mean, honestly, I mean, I know a lot of people's, in the, uh, you know, inclination will be for, uh, you know, Smith Rowe. But I mean, I'd rather still stick with, with Reese Nelson because I think his trickery is still something that you can use to your advantage. Because I, I just think sometimes we're too predictable on the wings and somebody that that's not now, that's, you know, just coming to the team. There's not too much footage of, you know, into studying whatever is Nelson now. So that is somebody that, that could be like almost like an X factor in the game also. That's my opinion. I mean, we're going to need an X factor. I think, you know, hopefully, you know, Arsenal lately haven't been a comfortable watch. And I don't mean like, you know, I know watch us destroy every team, but, you know, sometimes you just want to just sit back, watch the game, get the result, enjoy the game. But it's like, these past few games have literally been, you know, edge of the, your seat game, you know, biting your nails, looking at the clock, pacing up and down even, or just like being stressed out. Like, you know, there's a time where you just want to actually enjoy the game, you know, where we dominate the game, take the lead and just, you know, kill the game off very early. And, you know, you kind of just can enjoy the fixture. But, I mean, City play Palace away from home. It's not going to be an easy game. And I do feel... Slowly but surely, you know, it's almost like that 3-2 defeat. It's almost like, you know, City, I'm not saying that's easy happening, but let's say, you know, I'm sure in the City camp it's been of late where they're just, you know, watching the 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 results and thinking to themselves, ah, um, you know, Arsenal about to drop points. And then, you know, they've done it against Villa and they've done it against, um, against Bournemouth. You know, maybe in the City dressing room was like, you know, can these guys drop points? Now there's pressure on us to, to to go and beat Palace. And they're probably also thinking, you know, we're playing Leipzig the, the week or the in the week now, so we need to to focus on that because you know, one one is a knife edge result and there's no away goals. So, you know, anything can happen, you know, City give away a silly foul, they concede a goal against um, Leipzig and they're out the Champions League and they want the Champions League. So, you know, there's gonna be psychological pressure on City tonight and I think if they can somehow, you know, even best case scenario, pick up a draw I mean, push less pressure on the Arsenal game also for tomorrow. But I mean, look my take, I mean, it goes I mean, that's something I hate hopping it like when you, you know, talk about the, the good old days type of thing. But for me, like, you know, the, what the, what you're saying now about the stresses and it for me, it also played out like that in the 03-04 season because Things were going cruise control for majority of the first third, second third of the season. And then it came at that final straight, and then it, the game started getting. It wasn't that four, five, whatever uh, point, uh, you know, matches, goal matches where you're just blasting the opposition. Then it came down to nitty gritty. And I mean, if anybody remembers or was <laughs> old enough to remember, when we had to go to Craven Cottage to get a result, it was almost like a forced issue to get that. You know, to, I think we ended up scraping at one or something like that. And I think we also scraped a, a game like that against Portsmouth as well in that final streak. And that is probably how things are going to be now for the next, you know, couple of months. Because, look, we can still use that sort of uh, of, of buffer of Man City being still in what's it, the FA Cup and the uh, Champions League. So I think that that will still give us leeway. Because look, we at any point, we can not just say, look, you know, to heck with it. We're not going to really go flat out in the Europa League anymore. I mean, I'm not saying you must have that sort of attitude, but... We, we, we can still have a sort of, you know, much more leeway than what City would have. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think being in the Europa League could have been a blessing this season because, 
you know, at the end of the day, you know, we did the, win the Europa League or don't win the Europa League. We're still going to be playing Champions League football yeah. next season. Um, that that's the that's the main thing of winning the Europa League. But you know, I, I think it's it's important that we can get our squad very full and and and, and you know, fitness wise, everybody's ready to go because. I mean, a nice Europa League run for, you know, a guy like Smithrow or, you know, Ketia even when he sues his back, Trossard, um, you know, you name it. We could see ourselves, you know, letting this team taste a bit of silverware, yeah. you know, either which way it goes. I think that's also important. You know, you want the guy like like Saka to feel that winning mentality that Martinelli to taste silverware to almost say to themselves, like, you know, I want to stay at Arsenal and, and win some more. So, obviously, the Premier League is the, the first choice. But, you know, we've seen it before where teams sacrifice something and it just goes horribly wrong. And, you know, you yeah, walk away empty-handed almost. Yeah, I get that same vibe also. I mean, you can't also go to, you know, under strength and then you end up, we just can't get back to that rut again. Because for me, it felt also like, I think you mentioned it and I also kind of played it down with the, with the Man City game. If Look... Of course, if they went like full strength, uh, Man City, and I mean, we made like what was it, four or five changes going into that game, the FA Cup game. And it's almost like then it, it took almost like a, a stutter to get that, that, you know, that engine rolling again. Because it, I think we ended up then losing to Everton also, and then uh, losing to, um, not losing, throwing in the Brentford game, then losing to City. And it was all like, you know, having to, you know, get yourself back on that bike again to, you know, cycle again. Yeah, no, it's like you said, you know, I guess it's part and parcel of being in the title race. You know, sometimes, you know, as a fan, you want things to be easy. You know, I know we've discussed like, yeah, you know, we can get this point cap and this point cap. But, you know, I, I guess, you know, you, if you had to, to tell me in the start of the season, Arsenal are going to be top of the league with a five point cap and you're having stressful moments, you know, you would have taken it. But, you know, on the other side of the coin, you know, you look at Arsenal's remaining fixtures now. I mean, I don't want to go too far ahead and say, like, ah, you know, win here, win here. But I do think there's going to be some crucial fixtures um, that both City and Arsenal have to, you know, kind of reciprocate when they're playing, you know, the same kind of fixture. Like, you know, Newcastle, they passed the test against Newcastle at, 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 at Etihad. At some point, we're going to have to go to St. James's Park. You know, Arsenal having to play Fulham is going to be critical. And I think Liverpool as well, you know, has kind of now all of a sudden become a team that's going to be a very tricky affair. And I mean, City and Arsenal plays, you know, Liverpool, you would say kind of back-to-back. I mean, my take is just, I mean, with regards to Liverpool, was that also maybe just a flash in the pan? You know, that that's 7-0. Because look, even though that the other games before that they were, you know, getting results, they still look very edgy, very nervy. I mean, of course, they want to get back to that, that sort of form that, that Klopp has now made them famous for. But I think they, they still have this a lot of, you know, deep, almost like hurt or something in that team that can be almost like exploited at any time. So, But I mean, I just think they were up for it on the day. They blew Man United totally out of the water. It was the same way also when Man City ended up on a fantastic run visit Old Trafford and you think, okay, this is going to be so easy for Man City because uh, Manchester United is just not, you know, eating the right notes. And then, I mean, United put off a performance like we saw the season against them. Yeah. 
No, so, no, and I, you're right. It could be that, and I think you know, just hopping back to it, you know, City play FA Cup next week, yeah. and if Arsenal can, you know, by go back could beat Fulham, beat Palace. I mean, you know, they are obviously a game in hand on us. But you make it an eight-point gap, you know, who knows what can happen tonight if Palace, you know, does Arsenal a favour and Paddy Vieira, you know, does does something for Arsenal. But, I mean, you could be looking at the minimum eight-point gap opposite with a game in hand. I mean, if if Fahukubakruk, it can get to 10. I mean, you know, they game in hand and then they kind of have to play Liverpool. You know, first game back and, you know, who knows what can happen then also international break. You know, players are maybe tired. They're coming off a Champions yeah. League game, FA Cup game. So, you know, all to play for. I think it's up to Arsenal now to stay switched on and stay focused and, and we take it from there. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I don't have any more other pointers to talk about. Do you have anything before we end off? No, no, I, I think I'm all talked out. Okay. So, guys, enjoy the match tomorrow. Let's hope we can get the three points. Take care, guys. Bye. Come on, you goodness.